1: Welcome, everybody, to The Healing Place Podcast. I'm your host, Terry Welbrock, and very excited to have with me today, Mike Collins. And Mike is founder of... Hold on. I don't have my glasses on because I dropped them uh, on vacation. Well, for Thanksgiving, we went to visit uh, um, my mother-in-law in in North Carolina, got the dogs out of the car, and I bent down to uh, pick up something that my dog had left in the grass. (laughs) and i guess right. my glasses fell out so there you go mm-hmm. all right so i mike is founder of sugar addiction.com and quit sugar summit and he's been living sugar free for 30 over 30 years and mm-hmm. uh, has raised children um, in a sugar reduced uh, sugar free environment but i'm so excited to talk about we chatted for just a second before i hit record uh about the Aces connection with addictions mm. and sugar so welcome Mike
2: well thanks for having me I'm honored it's uh it's great I, I love getting talking about this stuff and uh, and it looks like your show has got some great uh, a great focus we like we talked about like you said before the event here that um, the Aces thing plays a lot of a pretty good role in the sugar uh, world and people don't really put the two and two together so excited to talk about it yeah, for sure. And
1: I, I told you, I took your on your uh, website, you have a sugar quiz. <laughs> right. And I took it, I, I knew the answer was going to be yes, you're a sugar addict. <laughs> right. But my dad died from complications from diabetes. And um, mm. yeah, I just, uh, I'm well aware of, of my own addiction mm. uh, to sugar. And so yeah, so talk to us a little bit about um, sugar addiction.
2: Yeah, you're not alone. Over 50% of the podcasts that I go on, <laughs> the host wanted me on to deal with their own. And these are in recovery, recovery podcasts, some of them are drugs and alcohol, and they've already got sober once or whatever. Now they want to get off the sugar, they have getting a lot of weight, and the diabetes came up. So sugar addiction is, you know, I think, how should I say this, uh, like Rodney Dangerfield, it doesn't get any respect as a psychoactive drug, a drug of abuse. Um, And as we said before we started, if you talk to anyone who's lost a couple hundred pounds uh, and reversed diabetes and put it into remission, uh, they went through the same recovery, if you will, as someone who was using drugs and alcohol abusively. And so that part is really the core of the message that we have is that, once you get into this thing, the diet, quote unquote, the exercise, all of this stuff means nothing unless you begin to deal with the reasons you used sugar abusively to begin with. And we all know about the body, okay, the glucose, the diabetes, the Alzheimer's 3, they're calling diabetes now. Yeah. And, um, you know, metabolic syndrome, all the rage because of the keto diet. And metabolic syndrome, uh, you know, causes inflammation throughout the entire body and about a host of a constellation of other things as well. But no one talks about the psychoactive nature of sugar, the uh, the, def- the effects it has on the nucleus accumbens, the dopamine, serotonin, norepinephrine, GABA, uh, even your adrenal glands. They don't talk about this stuff. And... In the last five years, the science has just exploded. And, you know, when you slide somebody into an MRI, uh, you end up, uh, you know, you give them a sugar solution. The parts of the brain that light up when they do cocaine or alcohol are the exact same. And let's talk about it. The dose makes the poison, right? It's like you do a little heroin, you do a little alcohol, you do a little whatever, cocaine, but we are pounding on average, twenty teaspoons a day through our beautiful bodies, and if you have if you're overweight or have a big habit, it's thirty or forty teaspoons of that sugar that's before you get to the flour, which is also about that number. So forty teaspoons of a white powder has to be processed through your body every day, right It's crazy, yeah. and when you look at the science and you understand, and moreover, you listen to the stories of people who have recovered, um from sugar uh, addiction or food addiction whatever you want to call it um and lost a lot of weight and like i said put uh, diabetes into remission those folks go through the same process and that process involves um, dealing with the emotions that you stuffed or pushed down uh, and that uh, as your you know your your uh, audience knows about aces the adverse childhood experiences, you know, we started using sugar probably in the womb and you can give this, bi- this product legally to a one-year-old and your mom was busy and, you know, she didn't have time and she would, instead of getting down on your level and giving you a hug, she would give you a cookie and send you to the TV, right? And so we started to associate uh, love and uh, relief of anxiety, worry, pain, fear uh, with sugar, and that carried over for us. And so, yeah, it's, uh, I could go on forever. It's just, uh, it's it's a message that once described, it takes a little time, a little bit of a setup, usually the length of a podcast, but then the light kind of goes on and people's, how to put this, I have ruined people's sugar use forever. (laughs) At least their awareness, you know, they they have to at least think about it now. They can't just... With abandon, eat their cookies, you know. So, yeah. and I feel bad about that, and I never <laughs> wanted that to happen. But childhood obesity really hit me in the heart, and I couldn't watch it anymore because kids are mean, man. You, you can't be a overweight five year old, six year old, and carry through it. It's it hurt, you know, that ruins your childhood, you know.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Well, and sugar is in everything. I've started to be more conscious over the past three years or so of my sugar intake because. My dad died from complications from diabetes mm. and um, my grandmother had diabetes and so I just said I really need to to watch this with myself and mm. um, so I started looking at labels and sometimes it'll be listed as cane or sometimes it'll just say sugar or sometimes it'll right. say maple or whatever but it is and so much and so i really take a shift myself towards more whole eating more vegetables and fruits and lean meats and fishes and so forth but mm-hmm. is that is that the type of work that you do is helping people understand healthier food choices
2: yeah i mean the food choices are always a part of it um any good uh, diet that any diet worth the paper it's printed on always says reduce or quit the white stuff right what they don't tell you is what's gonna to happen to you when you do. <laughs> they don't tell you that you're gonna feel like you're losing your mind, you know, that you're that you're a little loopy, it's gonna get emotional, you're gonna get um starving, you're gonna be depressed, you're gonna have headaches, you're gonna have real physical withdrawals. And you know, people can get through that, especially athletes can get through it because they can substitute the athletics, right? But for the average person who uh, never was an athlete and was always, you know, always had a sugar habit, these uh, symptoms start right away because now what used to be uh, in the old days and, you know, pre-agricultural, in order, our our, our system of regulating our emotions dealt with uh, some sort of physical exercise, right? Some sort of. Walking, running, getting a hug—there's a lot of different things. But most most people think now that sugar is innocuous, that it's really not that powerful. So when you quit, you should just be able to get the food plan and get the exercise plan, and it all magically happens. Well, (laughs) we all know that that's just not the case. Matter of fact, some of the scientific lore, some of the most famous scientific studies and there's bunches of them that say that the average person who loses weight, uh, and again, by cutting back on the white stuff, gains it all back in the first year and then some. And so people can white knuckle it and they they can just grit through it and run through it and, you know, stick to that diet. But then when that emotional upset comes, hell, when just an average everyday stressful day comes, you go back to your go-to emotional management system, which has since a child, when your mother gave you that cookie and sent you to the TV, that same thing happens again and you use sugar uh, to relieve the, that anxiety. I really believe it's the perfect drug. As an anxiety reliever, as a, um, you know, a calmer, all is right with the world. Problem is when we get to be our age, That's like cocaine addiction. It only lasts about 10 or 15 minutes. And then you got to go get another one. You have to have more to keep it at bay. And we're only just fighting off withdrawals at our age. We're just at the point where we can't, we don't have time to be a little depressed. We don't have time to be a little down, to have headaches. We got kids, we got jobs, we got a life, we got meetings. We can't do it. And unless you are consciously focused on this happening and have a tribe of people who have been before you because let's face it this is not something that is accepted you quit drinking congratulations you quit smoking all right you quit sugar and they're like are you crazy moderation and everything you know so I don't know it's like I said it takes about a podcast to get it set up but once people kind of it kind of clicks more.
1: Yeah. Well, again, I'm just mesmerized by it because I know, especially during this pandemic, um, I know myself, I gained 29 pounds because, and I realized, Oh, I took a step back when I saw a picture of myself Mm. and I said, Oh, who is that? And so that's when I took a step back and said, this is, this is related to, Uh, me, emotional eating, not being connected with my people. I'm a very social person. I'm Mm. missing sitting around the fire pit with my friends. I'm missing going out to dinner and going to play single with my, with my girlfriends. And I'm missing that because of this pandemic and not being able to connect. And so I was diving into the chips and the cookies and the pumpkin pie and
2: you're not alone.
1: Yeah. And so I took that step back and said, all right, but I realized because of my own journey that the that I had been being triggered on an emotional level in what was happening. So I was able to make some healthy shifts and do mm. start walking 45 minutes every day and ex- yeah. moving more and and healthier choices. But a lot of people don't understand that connection um, right. with trauma.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh and You know, people think that it was just toilet paper, but their baking supplies, the sugar and the flour in the first weeks of the pandemic were also sold out and they couldn't get stocked for about a month. You know, they had trouble stocking and they had rationing and that was very common. And we hear that the flood that has been into our groups in the last five or six months has been insane because the exact story you just told is what we hear day in and day out. That's exactly what happened to everyone. And here's why this thing threw our lives upside down. I mean, it was like, and our normals, there was financial difficulties or thoughts and pressures. There was, you know, uh, getting kids to school on zoom or, you know, just this, you know, having to work from home. If you had that luck and that blessing, not having a job, wondering if you ever have a job again, if you're in a, you know, a, a public facing job. And so, you know, People went, fell back to, and and to be honest, let's talk. Uh, the drug and alcohol uh, pandemic uh, yeah. worsened, worsened, and and the alcohol sales I think doubled and tripled in in some different cases. So, it, it just that that connection that we have that is makes us different than diets and detoxes of all sorts is that we go to the root of the issue, and the root of the issue is the use of these substances for, uh, meaning flour and sugar, uh, for, uh, you know, know, pushing away bad feelings or good feelings and just like alcohol accentuating good. So if you're having a party, you want hey you know, you're, you're a little bit high. We've all seen it with the kids and we somehow like, don't think that we do this. They don't think, you know, when, when the cake and ice cream comes out and the kids are bouncing off the walls and so happy and they're literally almost painless supermen, you know, they're running crazy. Right. And we don't think that we do this. Sure. We do it on a subdued level. We can't ever act that way, but we're, you know, our feelings are elevated because we're blasting our dopamine serotonin with, with this substance. We're manually manipulating our substances, our brain chemicals with these substances. So yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's a, uh, it's complex, but it's not that complex, right? It's not, it's not that, when when you start to tie all these threads together, then all of a sudden you start to see that, hell, this crazy guy hasn't had sugar in 30 years of age. sugar-free kids might have something because they, it's from their own experience, right? And then when you can, when I can begin to guide somebody through a detox and I can almost tell day by day what's going to happen to them. Right, And I always say, look, uh, if you quit flour, sugar, and caffeine in the same day, by the third, fourth, or fifth day, you will be incapacitated. You will not be able to function normally as a parent or an employer, an employee. You will need sleep, rest, and water. And that's about all you're going to be able to handle. Like you had the worst flu of your life. You're going to be starving to boot because that's what's been hijacked. Your digestive system's been hijacked to ingest the drug. Right. And so, I mean, I, 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 I I don't want to be the anti-candy man, Terry. I I mean, I I don't want to be the guy who delivers this message, but at this juncture working, having worked with thousands of people and seeing thousands on the other side with the weight loss and the diabetes and remission and all kind of, uh, what do you call it? Lupus and, immune kind of diseases in remission, all kind of stuff in remission because just all they did was quit sugar. So we know what they did to the body, but my thing is, and why you should quit, but the reason you can't quit has nothing to do with the food you're eating. I mean, it does, you can't eat sugar, but it has to do with your understanding of your brain chemicals and your emotions and your thoughts.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, there's just so much there. I mean, I know inflammation. I know when I did an eating plan where I cut sugar for 30 days and, oh gosh, I felt so much better. And Mm -hmm. yes, it was amazing. And, um, but like you said, after a few months, I was right back to it and eating all of that again, because I wasn't correlating the what why I was wanting to shove that into my face um, and the comfort that I was finding in those foods.
2: Right. It's very subtle, very subtle. It's a very, like I call it the perfect drug because even that, you know, when you get really sensitive, like I am high levels of fructose and fruit and uh, nuts and nut butters, those kind of things, they will give you, it's like uh, um, an alcoholic drinking a beer after five or 10 years, it will give you that same calm, you know, it'll give you that same, if you pay attention to it, if you really pay attention and that's why we have people do food and mood journal kind of stuff. It's like, it's not like what you ate and what energy it gave. It's like, how did you feel before just before meaning that when you hear the stories of people who kind of make, see the light bulb go on, they were thinking about they were worried about something financially relationship wise with their kids their spouse whatever and then they used the product and and then on the other side they felt the relief and then 20 minutes later they're hungry and they wanted more and they just kept kept chasing it that and when you see this all in black and white like when you write it all down then all of a sudden you start to put the two and two together but right now because it's a ubiquitous product and almost free and so enculturated i love the history i just love the history because i can't i can't show people how to get out unless i showed them how show them how we got in as a society and as an individual and we've been talking about the individual but when you look at the society you know, back before uh, the British Empire went from with empty boats and got slaves in Africa and then Caribbean, and they grew a gigantic empire that literally took over the world on the money they made on this drug. And if you look into the history, you'll see that doctors that lived for 60 or 70 years and watched the evolution in the 16th, 17th and 18, early 1800s, where people went from five pounds to 100 pounds of sugar because the price went so far down, you start to see their alarm about the caffeine and the sugar that people were becoming different people. They, you know, they, so it's all written down in history, right? But we are so far removed now a couple hundred years from that. And we are so soaked in a product that is damn near free. You can access this drug. You don't have to rob a bank. You don't have to do anything to get your ingestation. Then all of a sudden now, that you know, we start. You start to put all again. You start to put the pieces to the puzzle together and see how you could. We could have possibly got to this place where the obesity rate is so high. And forget about uh, high fructose corn syrup coming into the diet in the 80s. I mean, this stuff is like high test. This is if if sugar is uh, cocaine, then this stuff is crack. You know, high fructose corn syrup because again, it's the fructose. That's the issue on the brain reward system that can't that, – that is the reason you're using it. It's not, yeah, we're going to get the insulin spikes. Yeah, we're going to get diabetes. But why you can't stop has nothing to do with that physical decimation. It has to do with what's going on in your nucleus accumbens. So, yeah, it's a wow. – yeah, it's, it's, it's a – I mean <laughs> – Again, to me, it sounds like perfectly normal, but I know it's shocking when someone first hears this stuff. They're like, wait a minute. Like like you, you're like. I know. I'm just like. "Uh, Wait a "Ah. minute. (laughs) Oh, I get it. No. And and I get people like that have an ACEs background. They're like, "Hmm." you know, because a lot of people with ACEs have weight issues, right? Yeah. Because they, you know, societally wasn't acceptable to have drinking and drugging. You know, you can't be doing cocaine and getting drunk. But you have no issue using this product to cover up your trauma, to uh, tap it down, to tamp it down, to not deal with it, to push it away. Um, And again, when you talk to somebody who's lost 200 pounds and went through the trauma reduction stuff, they say they used it to stop dealing, to, to numb out. Basically. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Well, I love it that the original ACEs study was it was it was originally started as a weight study, mm-hmm.
2: and then
1: um, okay. all of a sudden the light bulb went off. Of wait a second, let's take a look at you know it, they started to look at the trauma history of folks, and then um, it really. I'd really love
2: to see fun. that. Thank you. I I, I really. Oh, would love for to sure. See
1: it. Yeah, I'll Who's send you the link that? on
2: that. That would be great. That that it's again what you're talking about. It's another link in the chain of the history of how we got here, kind of thing. That's cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. And it, it's fascinating. And it was an eye opener for me as well when I when I started really researching. Right. Um, yeah, the whys of of the addiction with this, particularly related to Aces and yeah.
2: Yeah, before we go any further, I want to address the word addiction because this scares people, right? First of all, they think of a bum on a bridge with a bottle brown paper bag, you know, and, and a bottle and, and and it's just not, you know, stigma reduction in substance use disorder, uh, heroin, alcohol, that kind of stuff. It's no more junkie, no more alcoholics, no more druggy, you know. This is these stigmatized words and they call it substance use disorder now. And the reduction, the stigma reduction, people I love, I, and I'm getting, you know, uh, I mean, I may have to change the name of my website to be perfectly honest with you, but to kind of, because it's just they're right, but these types of things take for a long, for take a long time, and people, and the word addiction is still stigmatized in this society, so re- calling yourself an addict and being in recovery from an addiction uh, just is not. It's hard. It's not. It's not congruent. Uh, with the sugar thing, right? I mean, right. food addicts, which is also a misnomer, it's misnamed because of the past, right? It's not food you're addicted to, you're addicted to the processed food, you're addicted to ultra processed carbs. Um, and so, you know, regular food, like you said, seafood, meat, veggies, that, that you're not addicted to that. You're addicted to the processed stuff, right? And so we're going through a naming and a, and a stigma issue here too, as well. So it's kind of, that takes time.
1: Yeah. Now you have a book as well. Uh, hold on I have the title here. The Last Resort Sugar Detox Guide that's available <laughs> for people <laughs> as well. And does it go into I mean really how to go through the detox of sugar?
2: Absolutely. That's exactly what it does. The the, name, the reason it's the last resort detox guide <laughs> is because people tried everything else. Our average person is 6.8 different diets, you know. We have coaches that are way, like Decades-long weight, weight Watchers <laughs> uh, leaders, you know, they've tried everything, right? And uh, and half of our – not half, but a great – a great strange thing happened when I went public with my substance use disorder is that I got a lot of people come in that were sober five and ten years who couldn't get off the sugar. Now, they know about addiction. They couldn't get yeah. off the sugar so it's the last resort for a reason i mean if you've tried everything else we're here for you and you said you took the quiz i say look if you ever make your way to sugaraddiction.com and have to take the quiz you probably don't have to take the quiz because you're already you're, you're already know but the book is there for free to download you just hit the big yellow book and you can download the book for free and uh yeah, it's a, it's a, it does absolutely go into the detox part of it, and why, and how, the parallels of exactly what we've been talking about to addictions of other sorts. Yeah, it's a awesome. it's a people people like it. Yeah.
1: Now, do you have do you have programs that people can join and support
2: groups and so forth? We do. We have um, what the most popular entrance is uh, the thirty day sugar detox. And what the sugar detox does, I come into your inbox every day for thirty days with a video and instruction, and it's really because we've done this so many times. There's patterns, and so I know what goes on in days two, three, four, five, seven, ten, twelve, you know. And we can, and so it's like people are, it's like I'm reading their mind or their body, but it's yeah. not that hard because they try. It travels the same trajectory, right? And so yeah, they just jump on the thirty-day uh, detox, and you can start any time. You don't have to start. We we start a bunch of them at the beginning of each month, but you can join anytime. But yeah, the, those are those are fun, and you know I'm not fun. They're not fun in the first twenty days, but after that, it's kind of cool. Uh, people and we have large. You know, we got seven thousand people from that thing in a Facebook group that are supporting one another. We I really run on a peer recovery model, like. I provide the information, but I also provided great information for seven freaking years in this website, and only a couple of people got it. But when I started having peer recovery stuff where coaches and, and people helping one another, then it kind of took off. And so, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think that's really becoming a big thing because it is, it is, there's that connection that happens when you don't feel so alone in, yeah. your, in your journey and uh, your healing journey.
2: You you got it right on the button right there because people are alone and you know, 50% plus of our folks, no, it's probably closer to 80. I got to get the exact numbers, but surveys are weird like that. But it's like, they don't have spousal support. They don't have their child. They have to cook for their children or they have to provide what the children are used to, which is cookies and ice cream, whatever. But they really want to do this. They've done the research. They can see it. They've maybe done 30 days before, like, you like they've done a different kind of diet they felt good and they really they want to do this now and they don't have the support so it's good to have the support of the other folks you know the folks that are with with us in the meetings the different tribe the different family you know
1: yeah for sure yeah. i, I and it's so very true to be surrounded by others in the household who are having the um uh, spaghetti and breadsticks and sauces and right. cheeses
2: and,
1: <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to have my salad and hard-boiled right. egg.
2: Man, <laughs> well, salad and dry fish and you know dry, right. dry chicken right. with no sauce and yeah.
1: exactly
2: exactly. But you get to like that stuff. I mean, people people always ask you what does the sugar-free man eat? You know, it's like it's not like it's a burden. After a while, once the pull to the processed stuff goes away, you you know. Well, first of all, you're not hungry all day. You don't have to graze all day. You, yeah. know, you can eat once or twice, you know, whenever you're supposed to eat, and that's all you need to do. And so with that, it's that mental, <laughs> it's that space, that free space that it rents in your head. Should I eat this? Should I not? I mean, should I hide this so nobody else has it? Can I have right. it for later? You know, that really, it's like, it's crazy making. Really, it's just crazy making because you're always – Thinking about it, and you're not thinking about it in a normal, I'm hungry way. You're thinking about it in a brain hijacked way because right. you're you're wanting an emotional hit. I love the saying, we kind of evolved, that you know, snacking is never a nutritional event. It's always an emotional event because you very, very rarely snack on something that is not processed. You know, it's always something emotional that you're, you know, got to yeah. try out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So.
1: Well, and what you said earlier about fruits and nuts, because now that I'm trying to eat healthier, when, I, when I'm when i sitting watching a TV show, which I don't watch TV very much, but if I someone got me onto a Netflix series, and so I said, oh, I'll watch it. And so I'm like, oh, I really like this. So I'm, I'm watching it. So I go and I grab a handful of cashews and a banana.
2: <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. so <laughs> Right? Yeah. Yeah, no, it, yeah, a lot of, the uh, you know, Cashews are actually droops. If you look it up, Google it for your folks. Uh, droops are the seeds of fruit. They're not really even a nut.
1: Wow. And
2: the hybridization of these droops has been the same as the hybridization of fruit for 300 years. Like back in the day, a banana you couldn't even eat because it was like a giant seed pod, which worked very, very well evolutionarily because the animals would eat it and they were attracted to whatever sweetness there was and then disseminate the seeds. But it's been hybridized now for 300 years for what? Fructose, right? And so the hit that you get on the nucleus, forget about fruit juice. Drinking orange juice is the same thing as drinking Coke. It blasts the liver with fructose. And this will be perfect to maybe uh, drive home the point here is that fructose can only be processed in the liver. It has no other function in the body and you know and we don't know and none of it's not it's not poisonous nothing in nature is poisonous that has it in it so we're attracted to it but we're not attracted to this stuff that's let's look at a naval orange for goodness sakes how does this thing pop propagate in nature there's no seeds it is absolutely manufactured product right and manufactured for sweet a giant sweetness ball right yeah. and so that level of fructose is evolutionarily not something we were supposed to ingest that much of. Once or twice a year, when things became ripe, we were supposed to clean off those trees or bushes, and that was it. After the rest of the year, we didn't get much fructose. And now, you know, I mean, it's. Oh, what I wanted to say is fructose causes fatty liver. Okay, fructose is. You know, we now have an epidemic of five, six, and seven, and ten-year-olds children with fatty liver. This is an alcoholic's disease. They do not drink alcohol. It's from the fructose. So, you know, it's just, when you start to pile on all this science, keep piling on, you only, I only just try and regurgitate it really fast and events like this so that we can, people can make their own decisions, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. I mean, just so eye opening for me. And, um, Yeah. I just appreciate you being here and sharing this with with me and my audience. So how do people get in touch with you? How do they find you on your Facebook group?
2: Yeah, just go to sugaraddiction.com. Everything's there. You can can take the quiz, you can get a free copy of the book, and it'll lead you all to all of the social and all that kind of stuff. So
1: Awesome. And and
2: you didn't mention the Quit Sugar Summit. That thing is amazing. If you really go to Quit Sugar Summit, just leave your email. We'll tell you uh, when the next... We have one in January. I don't know when this thing will air, but um it's you know five six years of the most amazing educators in the world and this of all the people that join our stuff most of the people go through the summit because it's not just me it's you know harvard the cantley lab Har- uh cantley i'm a cornell dr lustig i mean gary Tobbs. it's just filled with all the experts so check it out quit sugar summit
1: yeah i love summits i love I, I mean i just I can sit and watch the videos and, and you hear from the people who know about.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And industry. this is, uh, how shall I put this very delicately? Cause I, I'm not in a war with the big food producers, but you know, uh, those guys, are they're courageous and they're not uh, most of, none of them are backed by the food producers. So they're really, Uh, But the media doesn't give them much shrift because a lot of their bills are paid by the food producers. So that's why the summits work out better for them. Yeah. for the education part.
1: Wonderful. Well, and what you say about the food producers, like, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm more conscious, more aware now of of sugars and what Mm. I'm putting into my body. And so I said, Oh, I'm going to go get myself a turkey. Now this was months ago. Prior right. to Thanksgiving, I must have had Thanksgiving on my mind. So I said, oh, "I'll get a tr- like a turkey breast." And so I grabbed it and I flipped it over and I looked at the label. Well, it had sugar! And I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's I just know. a it's just a turkey breast. That's all I wanted."
2: <laughs> it's so amazing that, that what the stuff that they put sugar in these days. Yeah. turkey is one of them too. I just can't believe it. You know?
1: Can't yeah, crazy. Who yeah. really knew? Well, I found out. So I was like, put the sugar. so I put the turkey back? <laughs>
2: And you got to search to find one that doesn't, you know. Yeah. You can't. I mean, it's just the brine, even in the 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 birds that look full, not manufactured or breasted, you know, like remnants or whatever. They inject it like uh, like the brine. I I don't know.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Crazy.
2: Crazy. Crazy. Awesome.
1: Well, again, thank you so much for being here, and yes, shining a light onto this um, topic. It's been wonderful.
2: Well, very cool. Thanks for having me. I appreciate Absolutely.
1: it. Absolutely, Keep up
2: the good work out there. This is oh. uh, we need to get messages like this out, and especially the ACEs stuff. Keep up that.
1: Yes, thank you so much. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us today here on the Healing Place podcast. And until next time, remember be gentle with yourself. Thanks. Bye bye.
0: Thank you so much for listening today to the Healing Place podcast with your host and trauma warrior Terry Welbrock. If you enjoyed this episode. And want to learn more about terry her mission and the hope for healing journey visit terry's website at www.terrywellbrock.com thank you for liking commenting sharing and offering your reviews on our youtube channel audio outlets and facebook page and as terry reminds us until next time remember be gentle with yourself